best place to start is at the beginning. Hi, I'm Bill Stanjakevich, and this is the first day from the Fundraising School. I'm joined today by Dr. Tim Seiler. He's the Rosso Fellow of Philanthropic Fundraising at the Indiana University Lilly Family School of Philanthropy. He's my predecessor as director of the Fundraising School. Tim led the school for 20 years and built the school into the wonderful enterprise that all of us benefit from today. And as Tim teaches for us, uh, one of the tools that he teaches so well is the 14-step fundraising cycle. This is one of the first things you'll see in our course, Principles and Techniques of Fundraising, and the elements are embedded through all of our 15 public courses. And Tim, that first step is the case for support. Now, a lot of folks in the nonprofit sector think, I'm a good person. I'm doing good work. I'm making the world a better place. That's enough. Donors should support me. <laughs> but we need that case for right, support. Right, yeah. Yeah, examine the case for support, and, and I'm gonna define the case for support as all the reasons a nonprofit can think of why it deserves philanthropic support, and I'm gonna make the distinction between saying deserves philanthropic support and needing money. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna make the argument that uh, organizations have a stronger case if they can prove that they're worthy of philanthropic support, whether that be a corporate grant, a foundation grant, uh, individual gift, uh, or some other form of philanthropic support. But how do you earn that philanthropic support? And you start with trust. So you build trust with the donors and with the general public uh, that you are doing good things and you will continue to do good things. But in order to do those good things, you have certain resources that are required. And some of those resources are in fact financial. And that's where we begin to, to make our case for support. We have income from this source or that source but uh, that source is inadequate to perform the services that we want and, and our donors and general public tells us that they need. So we make the case that because we're doing these, we're delivering these programs, we're offering these services, that uh, we have some financial resources over and above earned income or ticket sales or whatever it might be, or government support. Uh, and that we, because the public tells us that we're doing good work and there's a continuing need for that good work. That's where the need, the word need counts, is there's mm -hmm. a need for this continuing good work, and we're doing it, and we can prove that we're doing it, and we're doing it well, then that, that's the beginning of our case for support. So that, and I think there are, there are several key questions that we need to ask ourselves as a nonprofit organization. This is part of examining the case for support. So why do we exist? Right. Um, and every nonprofit organization exists because they're trying to solve a problem or meet a need. Mm -hmm. uh, and then what do we want to do about it? Right. So we propose solutions to that problem. Those solutions usually come through our programs and our services, so defining what we do. And I, I make the argument in the fundraising school that the first question is the why question. That really relates to our mission, where we make a compelling statement about we're doing these things because we believe in these things. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we have a why and a what, and then we have to explain how we're going to do it. Mm -hmm. And this becomes uh, challenging for a lot of nonprofit organizations because rarely do you find a nonprofit organization who is the only one doing what it's doing. That there are, you know, what is it, 1.5 million nonprofit right. organizations in the United States today. There's a lot of overlap mm -hmm. about who's doing, you know, trying to solve that problem or meet that need. So how are we going to go about implementing those solutions that we believe are the ones to solve the problem or to meet the need. So what are we going to do? How are we going to do it? Uh, and then a key component is how do we hold ourselves accountable? So how do we report back to donors and funders? How do we report to the general public that uh, here's how we use contributed resources? 
uh, which gets us into stewardship, which is a, a, you know another topic, but it's also part of that cycle that you referred to. Uh, holding ourselves accountable to contribute to contributed resources uh, and to the general public that we use the gifts the way we said we were going to use them that we had outcomes and we had an impact that impact is measurable and I would have to say that in in recent experience for me I think the, the last question I'm going to pose here might be the, the perhaps the most important one right. but I believe it's almost certainly the one that's most difficult to answer um, how do we distinguish ourselves from others who are doing similar work? Right. And that is, uh, in all that noise, if you want to use that metaphor for all the fundraising that goes on, how do we cut through all that noise? How do we get heard? How does our case get uh, listened to or read? Uh, how do people respond to it? How do we measure those responses? So those are the key questions. And I'm going to put fundraising in the context of a larger term, which I'm going to call development. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm going to refer to development as planning, communicating, and fundraising. And the planning, in part, is answering those key questions. And the communicating, in part, is delivering those answers to the public and to your potential funders. But as also an important part of communicating, in my perspective, is listening to the donors and the prospective donors, asking them questions about their concerns, their interests, um, asking them from time to time, you know, how can we improve? How can we do better? What motivates you to become involved with us? What, what keeps you involved with us? How, how do we meet your needs more uh, in a more compelling kind of way? So communicating is talking with, it's not talking at, um, which I realize I'm doing now, <laughs> it's talking at right. you. Um, but uh, communicating is asking questions, uh, asking questions based on the questions that you've posed. You'll, you'll have your own answers from an organizational perspective, but sometimes the external answers that come from donors and potential donors are even more persuasive in helping us to build that case. So once we have that, once we have the plan in place, once we've communicated that plan and we've communicated with potential donors and funders, then we're in a position where we can begin to ask them, could you see your way clear to become involved with us uh, with, with an investment of, of uh, philanthropy? And again, some of those key elements, those key components of making the case, why do we exist? What is the problem we're trying to solve or the opportunity we're trying to address? What are we doing about that? What are our programs and services that are carrying that out? What are our results? What impact are we having? And then as we communicate with the donors, listen to the donors, why should the donor care? Why should that particular donor care? Why should donors overall care? Those are kind of the key elements as you're making your case for support. And Tim, I wanted to go back to where you started and that's you know really showing this difference between I've earned this support, I'm making an impact, join me in making the world a better place as opposed to I need the money. And you know there's this thought about you know making sure we're communicating with these positive aspirations, what the research calls the warm glow. And you know, I'll give you an example. Let's say you and I are working at a homeless shelter. We could say, you know, if you don't don't provide a gift, more people will be out in the cold. As opposed to, if you make this gift, we can have 20 more beds and bring more people in off the streets. The actual activity is the same, how we're describing that activity is very different. Uh, you know, how does that work as we yeah. not only just follow those steps, but kind of the theme or the mood that we're creating with our case? That, that's a good example, Bill. And, and uh, I like the way you, you articulated that in that particular situation. And, and what I think Part of the complicated task that we have 
is that we do have to talk about the positive outcomes that we've had and the impact that we've had. But I think also we, we need always to remind people that there still is a need that is out there. Yeah. We haven't housed them all yet. We haven't fed them all yet. We haven't educated all the people yet. We haven't helped all adults become literate. We haven't housed all the, uh, or, or, or gotten permanent homes for the neglected and, and abandoned and abused uh, animals in, in, in people's lives. Um, so we haven't solved the problem yet. So the need still exists, but the need exists out there. The need's not in our organization. Right. We're trying to fill that need and Partly to fill that need, we need we do need additional resources, or in in the uh, terminology you used, additional resources would enable us to do this much more. Right. So join us in our momentum and making the world a better place. Join us to help us do even more of the positive results that we have. The problem hasn't been solved. It is still out there. We're going to be very clear about that, but we can bundle this together in a way that makes sense for those donors as it all starts with the case for support, which also, by the way, Tim, needs to be shorter, not longer. When people hear the word case, maybe they think about that legal case, page, 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 all these pages, or the medical case. You know, this is the way we address this ailment or how we invented this, you know, treatment for this ailment. Not so much in fundraising, right? And we don't want it to be brief, but shorter, better than longer. Would you agree? Yeah, the, the, I, I would call the way we present that case, I would call that a case expression. Mm -hmm. And those expressions probably are, are better brief than they are long. Mm -hmm. um, the longer case may be primarily an internal document. And you, and you use that internal document to articulate those specific cases which are going to differ donor by donor, funder by funder. And if the donor wants more information, she will ask, he will ask, uh, you know, well, tell me more about your board. Tell me more about your budget. Do you have your most recent audit? Those are things you can always bring as the donor asks about them. Again, fundraising starts at the beginning. The beginning is your case for support, which is why it's one of the very first modules in our course, Principles and Techniques of Fundraising. This is the course that we offer most often, uh, nearly 20 times across the United States, and we can also bring this course directly to you. It's true about all of our public courses, which you can find on our website at philanthropy.iupui.edu forward slash the fundraising school. We're in 15 U.S. cities. We're within about a five-hour drive of everybody in the continental United States. And again, we can go all over the world with our custom training. Uh, you can be anywhere to view our quarterly webinars as well as these weekly podcasts, which we know we have an audience that is international. We're glad that you're using this with your staff development, your board development, in addition to your own professional development. I'm Bill Stanjakovich, and now you are now more up to date on this first day from the fundraising school. Thank you.